Thank you for being here this morning. And turn to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 57, Luke 9, 57. The message this morning is, follow me. Follow me, Luke 9, 57. I was going to say the kids are dismissed, but they have already been dismissed. Let's look at these verses. And it came to pass that uh, as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whatsoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Fox have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man had not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand uh, to the plug, and looking, looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, if we don't pay attention to these verses, Lord, we would even think that you were rude to these people. But, Lord, that's not your intention. We need to look deep into these verses and understand what you were talking about here. I pray, Father, if there's someone here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, may today they will take you serious, Lord, and they will understand what they are missing, not having you in their lives. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So the pattern of the New Testament church is this. You want to you you learn? Is churches starting churches. That's the pattern of the New Testament church. You know, like, okay, we're going to start this church. We're going to feel so good about ourselves, hug each other, and that's good. Forget about everybody else. No, it's churches starting churches. You know, we say missionary goes to Japan. You know what? Missionaries, they start churches in Japan. Because the people in Japan needs the Lord. Missionary goes to Italy, goes to Portugal, goes to Poland, goes to Germany. They're going there and start churches. You know why? Because the people in those countries, they need Jesus as much as we need Jesus. I learned a lesson yesterday. I was under the impression that only the people in America, all the churches, only the churches in America are sending missionaries throughout the world. Guess what? Missionaries in Japan are sent, I mean, churches in, the, in Japan are sending missionaries to other countries. Praise the Lord. You know, they're, just, they're not in the receiving end, they are in the giving end too. You know, a blessing. I would love to have somebody from my church go in the mission field. That's a blessing. I mean, you don't want them to go, but you know what? God guides. You know, so the pattern of the New Testament church is churches starting churches. This is what the, the Apostle Paul did in the book of Acts. This is, this, this is what our missionaries do today. Churches start churches. But for the missionary to, to do their part, we will, need to, uh, we will need to do our part as well. As the local church, we need to do our part. Listen, when we left our home church, they didn't, they didn't, left us, they didn't say to us, I pray for you, brother. Go your way. I wish you well. They got behind us. They supported us financially and with, our, with their prayers. You know what? Even though he's a defense pastor today, he calls me and he said, I'm praying for you. You know what? How wonderful is that? And they're still supporting us. So it is that blessing. So you know what? 
Now just say to me, listen, if I could support every missionary, I would. Believe me. You know, I said to Sarah yesterday, Sarah, if our church doesn't support you, I'll support you personally. <laughs> she smiled. I said, I meant what I said. You know, I meant what I said. I mean, listen, we had a lady, Carmen, her name, she's been supporting us for years. An individual person. You know, you know I don't even know what church she goes to. We went to a, a church planters conference, and she raised her hand, and, and the, the man that was taken said, oh, how much you want to give him? And she said, no, I want to support him. Been supporting us since then. I know she lives in New Jersey. That's as far as I know. Okay, so anyway, it's church, a starting church. So what is our part? Following Jesus as he commands us to. In other words, we have a much responsibility to be missionaries ourselves and as those who, who God calls to go to other countries. When you think of missions, it is easy to think that those missionaries who leave America to go to other countries are doing a great thing. But not me. What about us? We are missionaries where we are. We are ambassadors of the gospel. We have to preach the gospel here. And the, the gospel needs to be preaching out of most parts of the world. Here's the sad thing about it. Many so-called churches today do not preach the gospel. They're not preaching the gospel. Some pope has become a place of jokes and entertainment. You know, it, it's just a sad thing. So people come in, we entertain them. Listen, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will never been a place or designed by God to be a place of entertainment. Right. It was a place where the gospel is proclaimed and preached. I mean, look at the Gospels. Look at, look at it. Go to the Old Testament. You know, it's a, a place that was taken serious. You know, today it was what people do. What can that church do for me? That philosophy is, is a, a world-minded philosophy. That's not a God-minded philosophy. It's not what, oh, what, the church, what kind of programs do you have? That's not a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, we go to the, we go to the house of God to, to worship our living God. To edify one another. And, and we listen, the Bible calls us servants. So a servant serves. It is amazing that I even hear about people say, oh, if they don't pay me, I won't do that. If they don't pay me, I was like, what are you talking about? My first pastor, they had a problem because they had a school and they had a bathroom. You know, one of the bathrooms it was leaking everywhere. It was all kinds of leaks. And when he heard that I, I kind of was a man, you know, of all, jack of all trades, he said to me, he came to me, Brother Barbosa, would you help us, or can you fix those bathrooms? And I said, what's wrong? They're like, we have a bathroom, the toilet, just nobody seems to fix that thing. It's always balancing all over the place. I said, well, I look at it. And he looked at it. I mean, everything was moving all over the place. So I said, ah, I see what I can do. So I went there. I fixed all the toilets. I fixed all the sinks. And then he comes in. He's rejoicing. And he's, uh, I was like, why could nobody fix this thing? I said, I don't know. I just fixed it. You know, I mean, you know, it's not a big deal. I just fixed it. And he goes, how much I owe you? I said, Pastor, I didn't come here for money. If you want to give me money, I'll put everything the same way it was before. You know, I didn't come here for money. I came here to serve the Lord. You know, some people say, unless you. No, you know, listen, we are servants in the house of God. That's what we do, so we serve. Okay, so, for this, I mean, think about it. We have missionaries, the other poor parts of the world, and here in America as, as well. But you know what? We have to be behind them with our prayers and our hopes. You see, you see missions and missionaries is, is in, in actually missions start in the heart of God. You know who the greatest mission, missionary of all time is? Don't tell me it's Paul. 
is Jesus. Jesus is the greatest missionary this earth ever seen. He came with a mission. He knows the mission. What the mission was? You. When he shed his blood on Calvary's cross, your name was there. I'm dying for you. You know, we see, oh, poor Jesus. No, 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 no. He came to earth. He put himself, he humbled himself to be a servant. You know what? So he could go to the cross and shed his blood for you. And people say, I don't want Jesus. People say, ah, I don't want church. I don't want, I don't want his Bible. I know I die on my own. I take that chances on myself. You know what? You're making a horrendous mistake. You know why? Because if you die without Jesus, according to the Bible, you will go to hell, not to heaven. But I've been a good person. It don't matter. But I've been religious. It don't matter. But I've been baptized. It don't matter. God says, I am the only way to heaven. Okay? Let's look at this passage from several points this morning. The Christian and missions. The Christian and missions. If you think the missions is just for the missionaries and, and, the, and that we financially support and send out to different parts of the world to win souls, we are mistaken. Go, uh, who is going to reach the harvest fields of our community? Who is going to reach the harvest fields of your town? For one, the lost won't go and tell anyone, another lost person, about the Lord Jesus. You ever see a lost person tell somebody else about, about an, another lost person about how they can be saved? They're not going to do that. You ever see a lost person even go support the, the work of the Lord? They don't do that. It's given to God's people. And let me tell you this way. It is a privilege. Listen, well, before I got saved, I used to tip the church with a dollar, and I complained about it. But you know, but after God saved and I learned, I was like, well, praise the Lord that I'm able to give. And believe me, all these years, been 20, almost 25 years, I always increase my giving. You know why? Because God's blessing me. If God wouldn't bless me, then, you know, I would give what I could. I'm not saying, you know what, I, I, you know what, I start giving to missions the way I used to give before I got saved, a dollar. I thought I was doing a great thing. And the Lord began to work in my heart year after year. And the Lord's already working in me, you know. And I say, Lord, listen, I don't know. I, trust me. Have faith in me. We gotta trust the Lord. So, the Christian in in missions, Chris, uh, uh, a mission starts with us. It goes from the Lord to us and starts with us. We have to be missionaries. We are missionaries. And look what it says in Acts chapter two, verse forty-one. Then they that gladly receive His words, which word the gospel, they gladly receive His word. Look what it says. We're baptized, and the same day they were added unto them three thousand souls. The question is is added. To what? Verse 47, the Lord added to the church, daily such should be saved. Added means, they, you know, they, 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 they got saved. They added to the church. I tell you what, what a wonderful thing to see. Do you remember the day you got saved? I remember the day I got saved. I tell you what, what a joy that was. I knew if I dropped that that day, I was going to heaven. I'm glad for the person that knocked on my door. I'm glad for the person that in that old-fashioned altar just opened the Bible and I got on my knees there and he said, this is what God says about salvation. And I took it by faith. So what are Christians to do for missions? Letter A, we are to go. We are to go. They say, listen, I cannot go to Japan. Oh, Sarah is doing that for us. 
I cannot go to the armed forces. Brother Lavender is doing that for us. You know where you can go? Across the street. You know you can go to your family members. You know you can go to your co-workers. You know the harvests are plenty. Missions, the Bible says, and we ought to go. We see this in Matthew. You see this in, in the book of Mark. We ought to go. You know, our missions is the heartbeat of God. God does not want one single human being to go to hell. That's not in the heart of God. God wants all to, to, to repent and all to go to heaven. You know, heaven is open for those who take that truth. Listen, we think that this life, oh, look at me, it's about here and now. No. Listen, God created a wonderful planet for us to live in. God created a wonderful universe for us to get. look up and say, what a great God. But you know what? God even gave us his son to die on the cross so we can have salvation and go to his heaven, not our heaven. We think like this, oh, I'm a good person. You know, I don't do bad. I don't steal. I don't, uh, I'm honest. I do this and that. You know, I deserve to go to heaven. No, you do not. Right. It's like you're telling me, uh, I deserve to go live at your house. No, you're not because my house not your house. Yeah. You know, heaven, it's God's place, not our place. Yeah. And we go there by His ways, not our ways. We're going to say, uh, hey, God, move out of here because I'm moving in. Ain't going to happen. You know why? Because heaven belongs to God. And it's a privilege that we have even have access to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. God's going to just say to the human race, you guys all go to hell because I don't care. But not God. He said, I love you and I will die for you. And he did. So salvation is available to every human being. Here's the question. Do you want God's salvation? So we ought to go. Jesus told every member of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, go back a little bit here. We ought to go. So Jesus told every member of every church to make disciples. Listen, folks, the Great Commission was not given specifically to the pastor and the staff members in the church. It's given to the whole congregation. We ought to go. Number two, God is still calling people to fields of labor, but too many people are not answering the call. Is it? Did God stop calling people? No. People stop responding. That's the problem. God's still calling people. You know what we say? Uh, I can't speak, Lord. I'm just too comfortable on my sofa here. I'm not going. That's the problem. You know, so the fields of us, oh, uh, there's too much. No, no. If only Christians will answer the call. If only Christians understand that this life is just a brief moment. And our time to shine is now. Only Christians will understand that. We read, we understand, but we don't want to do it. So, did you know that in, in a survey, uh, that's in survey after survey, it is found that only 2% of all believers had ever introduced another person to Christ. May this not be true to us. Can you imagine 2% of Christians take the time to tell someone about Jesus? I don't know how. We got plenty of tracks. Give it out. Open up. Read it up. Get in your Bible. Open up. You see, not only we have to go, we have to preach. Mark 16, 15. Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel. And Lee said, I'm not a preacher. No, you're not. You can be a teacher. Follow that? You can be a teacher. 
We have a message from God that must be shared. Listen, we work for the greatest boss that ever lived. The greatest boss that ever lived. I tell you what, the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, we have a message that is never old. Never old. It's forever new because every time it reaches the heart of man, it changes their life. You know how many drunken people and drug addict people have changed because of the gospel? They went to this thing, this thing, this medical thing. You know what? Nothing changed them, but God has changed them. Through the years, many have done that. I know of a pastor, a pastor, he was nothing but an alcoholic. And when he got saved, guess what? He became a great preacher. You see, Jesus, number two, Jesus has called every single one of us to join him in reaching people. Every Christian is to share the gospel. And let me tell you what, uh, let me tell you this way. If we love people, we tell people the truth. We have the truth. Why not tell people the truth? Listen, people are being deceived all over the place every single day. They call your house to deceive you, don't they? How many phone calls do you get a week? We have the truth. Why don't, oh, people don't want to hear. Oh, don't believe in that lie. Do not believe in that lie. So, the gospel is the great news that Jesus saves. Let us see. We ought to make disciples. So we ought to go. We ought to preach. We ought to make disciples. Listen, folks, need, people need to know about the Lord. and need to know how to live the Christian life. You know what? It's many deceiving things out there. And people have some type of a notion about how to live a Christian life. But let me tell you this. Isn't that, aren't you glad and I that God left us 66 books for us to learn about Him? Yeah, he did. Oh, but I don't open the Bible. I don't even read it. Well, shame on you. He said, why? Because God left it to you so you can learn about him, his character, what he stands for, so you can be like him. You know, the Bible teaches not to steal. Ooh. Oh, you know, the Bible teaches not to lie. It's all here. You say, what, but why all that? Because God wants to make you a better person. So he gave us 66 books for us to learn about him. Isn't that good? God's going to say, I ain't giving you anything. But he did not. You know, people criticize the Bible. Ah, the old book and stuff. You know what? It still changes life to this very day. When a, per a person put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, receive him as Savior, and begin to read the Bible. I tell you what, the more they read, the more their life is going to change. And you say, prove me that. Look at it, right here. I'm a living proof of that. You know how life used to be before I got saved? I tell you, very three, three words. Me, myself, and I. That was me. If somebody got hurt, I was going to be so close. Are you dead yet? As my wife, she can tell you that. I used to laugh at it. I didn't care about anybody. You know what? That's what God does when you read his word. He transforms you. We ought to make disciples. Okay? Believe me, I look at the time. I'm looking at the time. <laughs> this is a story of, uh, that is told about General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, and the, and the day... Uh, that Queen Victoria of England asked to meet with him because she had heard of so many favorable things about 
his work in the slums of uh, in the slums of England. There, she asked him uh, for the secret of his success. Your Majesty, he replied, some men have a passion for money. Some people have a passion for things. Listen to this. I have a passion for people. Amen to that. You know, if we love people, we tell people how we're to find salvation. Listen. Christ's command means that you are either sent or we send someone in his name. You know, we are to reach the othermost parts of the world. And let me tell you, what a sad thing today that many churches do not preach this wonderful gospel. If the business of the church is not about God's business, listen to this, the church has no business being in business. You follow that? If, if the business of the church is not about God's business, that the church has no business being in business. What did Jesus did when he, he went to the, to the synagogue, or I mean, to, the, to the temple? What did he do with those people? They were doing business. It was not God's business. What did he do? He did a demonstration for us to follow. Listen, God's house is not a house of business. It's a house where God's word is proclaimed and preached, and we are in God's business. Forget about bringing the world inside the church. You know why? They need salvation. Only if we do this and do that, they're going to change their mind. It does not. It does not. Number two, the Christian and his personal comfort. Look at verse Luke 9, 57. And it came to pass that as they went in a way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whatsoever thou goest. Jesus and his disciples have been on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee since the crowd around them was becoming so massive and the Lord was physically exhausted. They entered a boat to depart to the opposite shore. This gave Jesus some time uh, for prayer, meditation, and a break from the pressures of the crowd. And he left the issue of, of commitment, uh, faced certain people. By the time many people were following him, in fact, Mark tells us that several other boats follow him. So when Jesus went, they kept going. So, uh, so some people were uh, at the very crossroads of decision. Uh, do I get in the boat and, and go or do I stay? So treating this event of a, uh, in a chronological order here, Matthew presents two individuals who had to make this decision. And Luke gives us, uh, 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 us here. The wrong choices of a scribe, in Matthew 8, 19, tells us this way. Uh, and now when Jesus saw the great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side, Matthew 8, 18. And 19 says, a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, will I follow thee whatsoever thou goest? So the first man appeared to be interested in following Jesus, but he never did follow uh, or come to the true, to true salvation because he wanted personal comfort more than he wanted Christ. Letter A, we see his office. This man was a scribe, and authority is the, in the law, having the official sanctions of the Jewish authorities to teach. So they were highly educated and were loyal to the Jewish system. Listen, to them Jesus was insignificant because they kept accusing him. You know what? Be careful with religion. You know what? Some people are religious, and they forget to be Christians. You follow that? Religion and Christianity don't match because religion is man-made set of rules. Christianity is a different thing. Listen, people say to me, are you religious? I'm not religious. I'm a Christian. I live by the Bible. You see, his office, the scribe approached Jesus saying, Master, teacher, I will follow thee whosoever thou goest. 
What a tremendous statement of dedication here. Apparently, he was making a permanent commitment. I am sure that the scribe told that Jesus was the greatest teacher he had ever heard. And when he saw Christ's miracle, he included that they were from God. So he was attracted to the unique and impressive person and power of Christ. If that man show up at a church today, most people would immediately sign him up. But Jesus wasn't so eager right here. He tested the scribe's true level of commitment. Jesus told him that he must be willing to give up his personal comfort to follow, uh, to be his follower. Look at verse 58. And Jesus said, Fox have holes and birds of the year have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. I said, what answer did you just give to this man? You see, there is a price to pay in order to follow the Lord. Rather than compare ourselves with others, let's, let's ask oursel uh, ourselves this question. Now, a question, what personal comfort are you willing to give up for the cause of Christ, the cause of missions? Some people are called, but they're not willing to go. You mean I have to sell my house? You mean I have to get rid of my car? Yeah, you mean I have to quit my job to go where? You see, personal comfort. You think I'm willing to, I'm going to leave my comfy, comfy bed to go sleep maybe on the floor somewhere? You see, personal comfort. People are not willing to do it. So are you willing to give up? Where are you willing to give up for the cause of Christ? So missionaries leave the comfort of America, and praise the Lord for that, to go to countries for the cause of Christ. Listen, I know many missionaries who left, some of them were very wealthy, and left with one purpose, to tell people about Jesus. There's a second person who give an excuse for not being involved in God's work because he, he, he didn't want to do it. So the Lord just come out with his hands. We think the Lord is rude here, but he's not. He's testing the heart. How committed are you for the cause of Christ? Number three, the Christian and his personal riches. Look at verse 59. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me to go and bury my father. Do not miss this passage here, okay? Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but, but go down and preach the kingdom of God. You say, look, you say, that is rude. You know, he just lost his father right here. He needs to go bury his father. That's not what the Bible says right here. Okay? So Jesus in verse 59 speaks two words and continues to echo through the ages. Follow me. But as we look at the answer of our second man, we can help us see a great a great excuse here. Letter A, the request, the request of a son. Look, it says, follow me, verse 59. His words, number one. It sounds like a, a reasonable uh, request, doesn't it? Hey, I need to go bury my father. He just passed away. But it's not what he's referring here to, okay? The son uh, couldn't just forget about his father if, if he were dead. He would have to bury him quickly because Jewish people didn't. They didn't embalm people, so Jewish custom uh, taught that you need to mourn for your father and your mother uh, for, 30, for 30 days after they die. So Genesis tells us that the last responsibility of a son in his final act of devotion to his parents was to make sure that he carried or cared for their burial. Okay, So maybe he was talking about needing a month to mourn and take care of a family business. We get to that. He knew that the Lord was, was on the move and in his ministry. And so he said, I can't come now, but I will try to catch up later. And bear, but I got to bury my father. Look, let, let, let him number two. His weight. The son's request 
was a, uh, was a phrase right here that appears in the Middle East, even in the modern times. Let me explain this verse. A missionary in the Middle East was, was talking with a rich young Turkish man, advising him to go on a tour to Europe upon completing his education. When the Turk replied that he must first bury his father, the missionary expressed his sympathy that the young man's father had died. But the Turk explained that rather than being dead, his father was being very much alive. He merely meant that he had to stay at home to fulfill his responsibility to his parents until his father died before he could go on the suggested tour. You follow here? So this verse right here was saying, listen, I need to take care of my father and my mother. And when they pass away, then, Lord, I will follow you. That's what the verse, the verse, not, he's not just saying, my father just died. More than likely, if it just died, he wouldn't be there. So he's saying, like, when my mom and dad pass away, or my father pass away, when he passes away, then I follow you. And Jesus, that's why Jesus said, let the, bury, uh, the dead bury their dead. He said, listen, your father will live, and someday, you know what, he will die eventually. But, but we have to understand the culture mindset. Because if we don't understand, we would think, like, well, Jesus was rude here. No, he was not. We have to be willing to leave everything and follow him. That's why he said, follow me. Are you willing to leave your family? Are you willing to leave your parents? Are you willing to leave everything behind and follow Jesus? That's what he says. Are we willing to do that? Let it be you see the response of the Savior. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead, but go out and preach the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus is very clear. The first that sharp statement means to be impossible. How can dead people bury, bury dead people? The solution must be that the first a kind of dead people refers to those who are spiritually dead. And proverbial is a proverbial statement right here. In other words, Jesus is saying, let the spiritual dead bury the physically dead. Let the secular world take care of his own issues. And, and you have been called to the kingdom of God. Don't you spend your time and money on temporal but on eternal things. Today Jesus would say, don't give your money to secular charities. Give it to faith promise missions. Actually, this hit me hard this week. I've been praying about what the Lord had me to do. And here comes my administrator. We had a, a special meeting. And a special meeting is they have a special secular thing. And they want everybody to give money out of our paycheck. And when I look at the things that they support, I'm not for it. It actually it violates my convictions. And I was like sitting there going, do you want me to voluntarily sign this paper to give money out of my paycheck for this charity on which violates my conscience? I didn't sign that. I said, I can take this money and give it to missions. It's for a good cause. You know, souls at stake here. See, you know, there's a lot of good charities out there. Before you sign into, see what they're for. Because a lot of times it violates Bible principles. It violates your own conscience. I'm not for that. You see, then I'm there like, Lord, wow, you're teaching me a lesson here today. Should I do that? No, I'm not going to do that. And I didn't. It passed by me. Goodbye. <laughs> so anyway, number three. Let's go to number three. Almost done. We're a little late today. So the Christian and his personal relationships. See, 
verse 61 and 62, and another friend uh, said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plug, and locking, I'm sorry, and looking back, it is fit for the kingdom of God. Letter A, the poll of parents. Jesus cited a popular proverb in this one right here, the poll of parents. You know what? Through the years I saw this. Oh, you can send any missionary out there. Not my kids. My grandkids are going to born in another country. Oh, let the Lord take care of them. So they call your, your son or daughter to Japan or to Portugal or whatever. Bless them. Let them go. They're going to serve the Lord. You said, Pastor, you, you, I, I heard that. Lord, send this, this, this. Don't my kids. I want to see them around me. Let them go. You know, God has an interesting thing about this. You know what? The birds are in the nest. When they begin to spring their wings and fly, what happens? They spring their wings and they fly away. The pull of parents. If we pull them back, we make them feel guilty. We got to say, God is leading you. Go. I will miss you. I'll cry for you. I'll pray for you. I'll go visit when I can. But go. God is calling you. Okay? The parallel about priorities, let it be. Think that I, that, that I come to spend peace to send peace on earth, I come not to send peace on, but a sword. For I come to set a man uh, at variant against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter, uh, daughter-in-law against her, her mother-in-law, and a man's foe shall be there of his own household. He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. See, if devotion to parents holds a person back from full commitment to Christ, then he is not fit to serve the Lord. We have to be willing, like Sarah would say, to die to self daily and say, Lord, now my will, I'm your servant, I'm willing to go. Question, is there anyone who is, is there anything that is keeping you back from serving the Lord? You say, Pastor, but I am not going to Japan. No, but most of us go into workplace tomorrow. And you know is in the workplace tomorrow? The harvest fields. Oh, but do I have to speak about the Lord every day? No, you know, your very life reflects who you are as a Christian. So I concluded with this this morning. Personal comfort, personal riches, personal relationships all stand in the way of following Christ for some people. Some are just now willing to let go of the comforts of life in order to follow Jesus because it's too costly for them. My daughter lives in a, a Christian camp. They're serving the Lord there in many ways. She's highly educated, so is her husband. They could be making good money. You know what they said? We go where the Lord sends us. They're there because the Lord puts them there. They're willing to make less. They're willing to, I mean, the last time I went up there, I was actually angry because of the conditions on where they're living. And I said, I go talk with the president in this place if you not say something. And they did. They went and talked with them, and they moved them to another house because their house was not livable. You know what? But they're willing 
to make less to follow Jesus. They didn't go like very far. To me, they're very far. <laughs> Three and a half hours is very far. You know, I don't see my grandkids. It's hard, you know. It's hard to be a grandparent and the kids are you know, all over the place. Those pictures are like, oh, I want to be there. But anyway, you know, and they said to me, she said to me the other day, Dad, if the Lord sent us somewhere, we go. The other day she called me and she said, I said, Dad, just pray for Nathan. She got an invitation. He got an invitation to, be a, to take a, a church, to be a Passover church, and we want to do what the Lord wants us to do. They didn't go. He felt in his heart that was not his call. But see, but they're willing to go, leave the comfort to where they are, and move. You know, that's what God wants. When the Lord says, follow me, it means don't have no strings attached to you. Follow the Lord. Maybe our hearts this morning, Lord, you might not send me anywhere, but I'm willing to follow you, whatever you want me to be. I will follow you, Lord, because my life is about you, not about me anymore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your love. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. And Lord, I pray, Lord, I cannot make decisions for other people. They make their own decisions. But Lord, one day I said to you, Lord, send me where you want to send me. I will, I'm willing to go. You send me here. Lord, I don't know what's in the future, but I'm willing to go whatever you want to send me. I'm willing to go. And I pray for that. This is the same desire for every person here. They're willing to go whenever you want them to go. Lord, I pray also for if there's someone here this morning and they never really received Jesus as Savior. May today, may today, they call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. Just have a song of invitation. Very quick. Sorry, you run a little bit out of time, a little, a little late, but I apologize for that. These special services don't have a tendency to do that. I surrender all, page 489. I just seen a blurt of ink over there, but that's, yep, 489. I surrender all. That's what the Lord wants us to do. Lord, I surrender all. I would die to self because I'm your servant. I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live I surrender all I question. Are you willing to leave the conference, comfort of where you are in life and say, Lord, I go where you want me to go. I serve you where you want me to put me. I'm willing, Lord, to die to self just to serve you. Here's another question. If you were to die right now, drop that right now, reality, drop that right now, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? Oh, yeah, I'm religious. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I was baptized somewhere. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I follow the religion of my grandparents, my parents. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm a good person. Oh, yeah, I'm very good. The Bible says no one good, no, no one. But anyway, I'm a good person. I'm going to have, I deserve to go to heaven. Don't lie to yourself. Go and have a make it there. Do you ever receive Jesus as your personal Savior? Did you ever repent of all your sin and ask God to forgive you and ask Jesus to be your Savior? If you've never done that, my friend, I'll tell you what, if you drop that today, you will not go to heaven. You will go to hell. By the way, there's no purgatory. It does not exist. That's a man-made lie. It's not in the Bible. May I tell you that? It's either heaven or hell. You have a lifelong to make that decision. Don't think I, I do it before I die. You might drop that today and what I even know. Are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? Listen, folks. God wants to save your soul today. What the Bible says, today is the appointed time. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Today. Because you don't have assurance of tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. God made this day for you. If you're not saved, you need Him. More than you think. Oh, this thing about Bible and church, I don't know about it. I tell you what, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. God wants to save you. Don't miss that. Let's sing one more verse. This is our last verse. All to Jesus I surrender humbly at His feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful salvation. I pray, Lord, if there's someone here this morning or online that never really received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, may today they take your word seriously. May today they realize they're sinners and they need a Savior. I pray for God's people today, Lord, if you're calling them from some type of service, Lord. Lord, may they respond as faithful servants. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.